This is a show about getting spooked for fun, and neither one of the hosts are associated with the attractions discussed in any way, except for those skeletons in Devin's closet. Some topics may go from ghoulish to ghastly, so viewer discretion is advised. Welcome to The Great American Scream. Welcome to Game Theory. On this episode, we're going to talk about how that Ding Dang Mario is actually secretly uh, going to come kill you with a big knife. I'm uh, Matt Pat. Sorry, I I had to think of the theme song. I I for a second tried to, and then I was very happy at the fact that I couldn't. And now it's stuck in my head. Part. Anyway. Oh, it goes. Dan it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, hi, welcome to the Great American Scream. My name is Devin Wright. Uh, my name is Adam O'Connell. Hi, I'm very excited for this episode. I am taking over the podcast once again. That's right. It's video game time, baby. Oh, wait, Devin, uh, before you take over the podcast, can oh, I? Can you give okay. it back to me for a second? Okay, sure. Here you go. <laughs> Thanks. Because this, we forgot to mention last week uh, that for all of our uh, Haunted Attraction fans and heads out there, uh, Universal... Studios Florida has officially announced the return of Halloween Horror Nights. Uh, the official blah, 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 blah. Halloween Horror Nights 30 is coming uh, next year. It was supposed to be 30 last year. Now this is going to be 30. Um, and uh, they announced their first house. They are bringing back the Beetlejuice house in its full glory. Yes. Just be on the lookout for that. Um, I'm glad that the theme park industry is be. Of course, that it's going to like we're not entirely sure yet. Glad the theme park industry is looking so positively. Um, please be safe if you with your decision if you're going to go or not. And as always, please check out Cast Member Pantry. Do um, on Facebook on they can Venmo them as to help out. Um, those theme park workers that may still be furloughed or may not be returning to their jobs. Okay, Devin, you got the podcast back. Okay. Also, we may see you at Halloween Horror Nights. That we might be happening. So, <laughs> uh, anyway, this episode is about uh, my friend and yours, Freddie uh, Frederick Fazbear, and his very good pizza. Uh, for those who don't know, Five Nights at Freddy's is a horror uh, video game franchise. It was created by Scott Cawthon, and I kind of had an idea to do this episode because it is insane the impact that this specific franchise has had not only on like video games and horror games specifically but like the entirety of online content uh the one of the largest creators in all of youtube of the last decade who is the game theorists uh matt pat gained most of his following through his videos about five nights and uh, coupled with like slender these games like formed huge communities surrounding uh, theorizing and lore and and that kind of analysis of games that I personally have a very dubious uh, relationship with in terms of whether it's good for the games industry or not. I actually think most of the time it's bad, but that's fine because Five Nights is still fascinating. Yeah, and that's what also Adam, I was going to say that the whole thing with Five Nights, especially Slender, is it not only did this for kind of like this lore part of the community but the entire idea of watching people play video games like it was a thing before five nights at freddy's but this like the popularity of watching people play horror games watching people get jump scared the big exaggerated reactions not let's plays but specific gameplay videos like short form before this there were like call of duty gameplay highlight type stuff on one end and then there were full game let's plays with people like proton john and chugga conroy and then you kind of had this emergence of people like Markiplier 
uh, and PewDiePie, who, along with these games and Happy Wheels, has to be mentioned with yeah. like Tobuscus, uh, kind of created this new style of game. Yeah, it totally uh, made those channels what they are. Yeah. So, little pre-game history. This outline could have been this could have been its own podcast, and it might be in the future. So, Five Nights at Freddy's is a game series. There are eight main series games uh, created by Scott Cawthon, who started making games like as a kid in the in the mid 1990s. He uh, had some smaller games leading up to 2014. He submitted them to uh, Steam Greenlight, which is a like early version of early access. Which, for those who don't know, is a way that you that players can experience your game before it's actually ready for release. Uh, all of them got rejected except for his last one. Uh, which I don't have the name of. It was some kind of. It was based around this squirrel woodchuck character. Yeah, I, re- I remember and what you're talking about now. It kind of got torn apart uh, by a lot of YouTube critics and other video game critics, and a lot of the critiques surrounded the fact that the character design and animation seemed really janky and unnatural, and was compared to the animatronics of '90s entertainment complexes. Remember this. This is important. This this seems important for the future. So. You may not remember, you may be a, a child, you may have been born after 2003 at this point, so you may only know one of these names. So let's talk about these 90s complexes. <sighs> 80s and, let's go back, 1970s, 80s, 90s, you had restaurant arcade hybrids for kids, like not Dave and Buster's that we so still we have We still now. have Dave and you Buster's. Had, yeah, and we still have one of these, but we have Discovery Zone, Showbiz Pizza, and of course the Kingdom of Charlemagne Entertainment Cheese. <laughs> Uh, also known as his as his nickname Chuck E. Cheese, uh, of which the latter two had animatronic bands made up of animals. The Rockefeller Explosion, who was the best at Showbiz Pizza, and the Pizza Time Players at Chuck E. Cheese. But that's a little weird because in 1984, Chuck E. Cheese filed for bankruptcy and Showbiz Pizza bought them. But Showbiz Pizza was like, we like this rat. Yeah. So they took on the Chuck E. Cheese branding and folded Rockfire Explosion into the branding of Chuck E. Cheese, creating Munch's make-believe band. Yeah, and the biggest, I think, one of the biggest appeals of of uh, these restaurants, not only for, like, adults to give their kids, like, go run around for an hour, um, right. but uh, this, for a lot of, like, small-town America, this is one of the few places you could see animatronics outside of and, and kind of like deep themed dining outside of, of Disney parks yeah, and, 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 and these universal places parks. and yeah because yeah. the same thing for like Rainforest Cafe and places like that yeah. the reason you went to those is because you didn't have to travel to Florida or to California to get you could go to the Garden State Mall in New Jersey yeah. to 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 go eat in a rainforest you could go to the Galleria in Middletown and was there a Rainforest Cafe there <laughs> um no but there's a Chuck E. Cheese okay. uh so you had Munch's Make Believe Band, which was now the Chuck E. Cheese thing. They sold all the unused animatronics to a bunch of different pizza franchises, including Pistol Pete's Pizza, which I include just because it's a great name, and Circus Pizza, which will become important later. Also still that away. So Scott Cawthon, because he was a child of the 80s and knew how terrifying Charles the Rat and all of his furry friends were, he decided to make a horror game set in one of these restaurants. It might have been based, we don't know, on a uh, real-life murder that occurred in a Chuck E. Cheese. I'm not going to go into details. That is one theory yeah. that like game theory put forward. I would and say it feels it's kind of talk about. unlikely, but it's I, definitely yeah. entered the zeitgeist of discussion around this enough for it to be important right. to mention. And, and it could be that it was an inspiration for Scott or that he did know about the murders when he was making the games, but it's not known 
one, whether it was fully intentional, or two, whether we should actually be discussing the murders of five real people when talking about animatronics. Mm. So we're gonna go, we're gonna go over the games in varying detail. The first one is gonna be kind of the big one because it's kind of the most important. So because one of the things about these games is that they released so freaking fast. So we'll get into it. August eighth, twenty fourteen. Picture it. Where were you? I was uh, in high school. I, I was right. Yeah, I was in sophomore year, about to go into sophomore year, which is crazy to think of. Yeah. Uh, and I was sixteen. So Five Nights at Freddy's releases on Steam. In it, you play as a night guard at Freddy Fazbear's Pizza, just a regular dang restaurant, right? Just regular restaurant that pizza that children come to for pizza and fun. You're placed in an office at the end of two hallways with three mechanics at your disposal. And this is like my my thesis about these games and why they're so good. So you have three mechanics. You can check cameras, which are positioned around the restaurant. You can shine a light outside of a door to your left or a door to your right. And you can close those same doors. They're like big metal doors. Yeah. So you're told that the animatronics move automatically at night because there's a free roam program that they put into these animatronics to like keep them from seizing up and they move around the restaurant and if they get to you the the tutorial man who's speaking from the phone tells you that they will mistake you for an endoskeleton and stuff you into one of the empty suits yeah. and make you into one of the Freddy Fazbear's animatronics. So already when you're stepping into it you kind of have to go okay like I will accept this as as true. <laughs> <laughs> it requires so much suspension of disbelief, and the wildest thing is none of this is true. Yeah, that's none also of this is canon the to the games at all. That's just what they tell but, you to make it sound believable, right? So every action you take, whether it's using the camera, uh, flicking a light, closing a door, costs an amount of power, and you have a limited amount of power to last you from the start of the night at 10 p.m. to the morning, 6 a.m. In the morning, the the animatronics just like go back to normal and they operate normally during the day, like they have children's birthday parties or whatever. So right away, this game is a huge success. The playthrough videos posted by people like Markiplier and just because it's really well executed horror, the design quality of the game is like you can talk about whether it's well coded or well designed or whatever, but the quality of like playing it, especially when it was brand new, is incredible. It's simple. It's nostalgic. And I think the big thing yeah. is that even if you didn't know the game by name yet, everyone was talking about, hey, have you played this horror game that takes place in Chuck E. Cheese? And you're going to go, yeah, well, of course I want to play the horror game that takes place right. in Chuck E. Cheese. The premise is so good because of that. Uh, you Again, you kind of have an ex- expectation, the, <laughs> the, the motif of this podcast, an expectation of what that will be like already, and you're already excited. Mm-hmm. So the kind of three things that I think make this game so, so good, especially for the time, are its core like mechanic and the fact that you're stuck in one place, the aesthetic and the character designs, which are so good, and then this like meta story going on. So the visual mechanic is <laughs> kind of a resultant of it not being a well-coded or designed game. You're in one place, you like in the game, you're, you have this basically stretched image file yeah. of like you're staring at a desk with a fan and these two doors. You have like actual buttons that you can click on the doors uh, and like a monitor to pull up and view the camera. So the only actual movement you do as a player is turning your head left to right because you can't see both doors at once. Like you can kind of you can click both doors at once, but you can't look out of them. Yeah. Um. So most of the game is like 
fidgeting. You, you establish like a routine. You pull up the camera, check if Freddy's at the door. Uh, you put it down, turn right, flash the light, see if somebody's there. If they are, turn down the door, turn to your left, flash the light, turn down the door, check the camera. And so you're just doing these over and over and over again, setting up your kind of routine, your your uh, your expectations and your it's stressful the whole time because you know that these things are coming to kill you. So when curveballs are thrown of like, oh, God, Chica's right there. Oh, God, you have to like change the way you do stuff. And it's like it is just such a uh, just fascinating little core of mechanics yeah. that, that makes it's the interesting game so interesting. In the fact that like it's simple, but it's also still a strategy game, which is honestly why like because here's the thing. One of the thing that people say about this game is like, oh, it's like so simple. You just hit a couple buttons. It's right. It's, it's not it's not easy. And also I'm very dumb. Right. So like. <laughs> <laughs> as much as I like the prospect of the game, like my brain, and I'm not like I'm not a huge uh, video game person, at least not outside yeah. of like simulator games. Um, so like the strategy doesn't work in my brain. <laughs> right. And and for most people, it doesn't, because, again, what this basically is, is an arcade game like it is or a, a Twitch kind of uh, almost dance dance revolution type <laughs> memorization game. Uh and like syncing up your your memory with your hands and this the night that you're in and it's masquerading as a horror game mm -hmm. so that like that makes it even more scary because you're like oh i'm doing arcade twitchy stuff oh god so the second thing i said was aesthetic and the characters so cawthon's characters were like super creepy and weird and moved unnaturally and so he designed four animatronics that move technically five and they're so well designed like like these games are not the core design the character design is great yeah. and obviously it gets <laughs> kind of out of control as we get to the later that's games. kind of the iconography of it too is that people immediately right. recognize these characters right and they are so evocative of a chuck e cheese or a rock of fire explosion so you have freddie fazbear just a normal bear he has a microphone and a top very hat. little hat too which is nice a very tiny <laughs> tiny little. top hat you have bonnie the rabbit who or, or bunny he is pretty normal uh, he's purple. He's got Nothing a little bow tie or something, right? Yeah, he's got something like that. Oh, I think he does have a bow tie. I think you're right. Chica the chicken, <laughs> who has a party bib that says "Let's party," absolutely terrifying. Chica's got like the the design of Freddie and Bonnie. It's like okay, like that makes sense. You know, you don't have to put yeah. them in clothes or anything. The specificity of Chica's design is unnerving. <laughs> well, the thing about these characters is because they're animatronics, their mouths move, right? So Freddie and Bonnie. And all the characters have bottom teeth, mm -hmm. but no top teeth. And all the teeth are very separated, like clearly like metal or or plastic things. Chica's a chicken and she has teeth yeah. running along the bottom end of her beak. And it's horrible and and terrible and bad. <laughs> uh, and like all of these all of these characters also have face designs that like their eyes are because their eyes like move and light up are black circles with white eyes inside of those circles, which for Chica, for Freddy and Bonnie, it's kind of just kind of creepy because Bonnie's kind of a darkish purple mm -hmm. and Freddy's a brown. Chica's yellow. Yeah. So you see her eyes like sunken into her head. <laughs> and then the the fourth best boy, Foxy the Fox, who's a fox, who's also a pirate. He's got a hook hand and an eye patch. Because there's like a pirate and, cove area of the restaurant or whatever, right? right? So that's right. his we love, territory. We love Foxy. Uh, Golden Freddy is not in the band. He appears very rarely. He's always like slumped over as though he has no endoskeleton inside them. 
and when he shows up, he instantly kills you. I love him. The thing is that we He's find out boy. later on in the franchise that that's both an animatronic and a suit, question mark. Like, it's also something that you can wear. I'd, is that the whole thing with Golden Freddy? Because then I, later on with like the spring trap thing, it's like, oh, it's also right. a suit. Yes. We'll get into spring lock suits in FNAF 2. <laughs> Needless to say, there's a type of suit that is both an animatronic walk around, but also you can go into it and perform in it. Right. But Golden Freddy, we Golden don't know Freddy. if it was one of those. I don't. It, it would seem that would make sense. Mm-hmm. Right. But I don't want to contradict MatPat and his wonderful theories. So I used to know everything about these because, well, I about maybe like the first four. But then, like, yeah. there's just like I eventually I was just like, you know what? I know what I know. <laughs> I didn't check the wikis for a lot of this, and I was very proud of myself Good. <laughs> in a kind of gross way. So each of these characters moves differently, like Adam said uh, about Foxy. So Bonnie and Chica roam around the entire restaurant. They can move towards you and away, and they can like walk into a random closet like and then just stay almost. there for a while. It is almost like chess. Uh, Freddy moves towards the office and never away. Anytime Freddy moves towards you, he can never go backwards. Um, so he ends up like outside one of your doors, and you just have to leave that door closed, which is really bad for your power. Foxy is hiding out in Pirate's Cove, and if you if you check the cameras. Uh, I believe if you don't check Foxy's camera often enough, he starts to open the curtain. And then when it's open all the way, he'll sprint down the <laughs> hallway and insta-kill you. If you don't lock, if you lock the door, all he does is runs up to the door and bangs on it. Yeah. Which takes like 7% off of your power. It's very scary. So not only is this a arcade twitchy game, it's also a resource management game. Mm-hmm. Like a, sur- a survival horror game, kind of. I mean, it is a survival is, horror. I would call it a survival horror game. Right. And so these designs are so good, so real. They're all like going around this static, dark, dank restaurant all night. And one of the, again, like unintentional great things about the kind of poor design of this game, each screen of camera, including your regular perspective, is like I said, just kind of a stretched image. Uh, kind of it's actually projected onto a cone, but that's like a bit complicated. So as you move the kind of perspective stretches, it's very clear that they're static images. Mm-hmm. So the animatronics are the only things that move. Mm, and it's yeah, when yeah. they jump scare you and they move super creepy and like an animatronic and they murder you real good. <laughs> and it's bad. So you go through five nights of this. Every single beginning of a night, you have <laughs> the guy who's called phone guy, who is the guy on the phone. And he coaches you the first few nights on the game's mechanics. Uh, he also tells you like, oh, if they come into the the room, maybe just play dead and maybe they won't stuff you into a suit. That's false. That doesn't work. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think that you. works. Um, oh, one thing about Freddy also that's fun. Chica and Bonnie, if they get to your door, they will they will basically enter a jump scare mode where they will come into the office and, and jump scare mm-hmm. you. Freddy, when he gets to you, he actually comes into the office, but you don't see him get into the office. Okay. He just sits in the office, and then every time you, uh, every few seconds, he has a chance to jump scare you. Oh, so you can basically okay. just lose, but still be stuck in the office, not knowing if Freddy's inside right. or What's not. What's the thing where like jump scares you. Bonnie comes to the door? So like you see Bonnie like poking his head through the door. What's that? Yeah, one of Bonnie. Bonnie uh, stands like. T posing in front of the door. Okay. Whether it's closed or not. And so like you can like flash the light and see that Bonnie's outside and close the okay, door. Okay, I see. But you can also 
you can also like close the door and then kind of see him standing outside your door like a little brother okay who to see what <laughs> video game you're playing i see okay okay um so the phone guy tells you like some real stuff some fake stuff um he also tells you that there have been issues with the animatronics that there have been like strange scents coming out of them uh there are uh there's something called the bite of 87 yes the thing that mark that mark said yeah uh which led to that was the incident that made it so that they only free roam at night um before then they could free roam a kid got bit apparently and then they turned that off he eventually is killed between nights presumably and the last message he leaves you is just garbled noise and so like throughout this whole game you and every game has this you have the actual game yeah which is what you're playing and then you also have a kind of emerging story through the other aspects of the game, whether it's phone messages or later it's uh, death mini games that happen anytime you get killed. Uh, it's just like such an interesting format that I don't think was ever done. That was definitely done before, but was done in mostly indie games like Five Nights. But that Five Nights was the first one that was like, oh, this is this is the game. Yeah. And the game you're playing is not actually the game. It became famous through like the jump scares. Mostly that's, I think what like non horror people, that's why they call right. it a horror game is because of the jump scares. And like, yeah, no, jump scares are jump scares. But they're scary jump scares. Um, oh, they're very, they're very, some of them are not. Some we'll of them are, I think looking back, like a lot of them are, especially from the first yeah. game, a lot of them are silly, but at the time they're pretty scary. Oh, I think all the first ones are great. The golden Freddy ones quite scary. Yeah. Golden Freddy, uh, you only know that he shows up when there are posters outside of your outside of your oh. office that can change and they will show like news stories, including ones about the bite of 87, including uh, the disappearance of like five the child kids. disappearance incident, which is that five kids disappeared. Uh, and one of the posters that can show up is just Golden Freddy very close with uh, Freddy is the only Golden Freddy is the only one without actual eyeballs. He just has black in his eye sockets and white lights, uh, sometimes red. And so when you see that poster, the next time you pull down your camera, you die. Yeah. Because you see him slumped on the stool before you and it says like, it's me. And then you die. Uh, so did you. So, you know, some discussion stuff. Did you play Five Nights at Freddy's? I mean, I, I definitely played it like with my friends at a slumber party, um, which is, I think, where a lot of people <laughs> ended yeah. up playing this game. Um, but I watched the crap out of people playing it. Okay, who did who is like your my hey, my watch? I watched oh, okay. all my players. <laughs> my watch through of FNAF was related to the completionist who used to do all of these games, and then he got told by his psychiatrist that he wasn't allowed to anymore because they were stressing him out. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, I think I watched Markiplier's. I also watched all the game theories. I also Scary Game Squad. Many of the game theories ones. Again, I kind of fell off of it because there's yeah. so many. I think I watched Markiplier because I think a between him and PewDiePie, they were kind of like the funny, the funny jump scare reactions ones. But right. also Markiplier is very good at the game. Like a lot of and the he's people, also that's, a great entertainer. Yeah, a lot of people that like stream the game aren't good at it. Yeah, because <laughs> like which is fine because like if you're going in to like have your audience feed right. off of jump scares, Markiplier's good at the game right and for like new again when it was brand new for new audience people they wanted to see people scared yeah right they wanted to see people fail at the game and then as the as the kind of world of fnaf evolved and the audience evolved people started to want people wanted to see players owning the game yeah especially like, and that starts to happen later as the games got more difficult and that people like literally people who were playing at home couldn't complete them but they wanted to know what exactly. the lore was you had to watch other people play to find out what the lore is 
Yeah. And we'll talk a bit about the kind of complexity of the lore, which kind of gets a bit, uh, eh, mm-hmm. you're like, eh, whatever. So Five Nights at Freddy's 1 comes out in August 2014. Scott pretty much immediately says there will be a sequel. He teases, he releases a teaser on scottgames.com uh, a month afterwards. So this is September. Which like, that he I guess if you teaser. hit this much immediate success with something you put on the internet, of course you go, yeah, there's going to be more. <laughs> of course there's going to be more. So so August 8th, September September comes around, there's a teaser. Okay. Two months after that, November of 2014, Five Nights at Freddy's 2 releases. Crazy. Insane. 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 Absolutely insane. So not only this is what kind of supercharged not just the fandom and not just the financial success, but also the kind of YouTube sphere that these games existed in, because in three months you had two games. The second game was like more complex, but not in too many ways. The like opening trailer was like was like it's still Five Nights at Freddy's, but no doors. (laughs) So you literally have the main defense of the first game. Taken away. Remind me uh, what the second one. Remind me what it looks Biden's like. That's one with- two. You are sitting at a desk mm-hmm. and there's a long hallway in front of you, which uh, some animatronics will come down and you have to flash a light to stun them. Okay, so this uh, is- on your left and right are vents that yes. that certain other animatronics can come through. This is the one that there's introduces also- the puppet and balloon boy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So you also so there are new animatronics like like Adam said, including toy versions of the original four and withered versions of the original gang. Plus Balloon Boy, who is a boy with balloons who says hello. Mangle, who looks like a white foxy, but just his head. And then below him is a mangle of like endoskeleton metal. Mm-hmm. And he, I love Mangle. He's a very good boy. And the puppet, who is a spooky puppet. And the mechanic uh, of Balloon Boy is that when he comes in, there's like, you can't do, you can't use your flashlight or something like that. Right. You can't. So, so there are a few new mechanics. There's a Freddy mask that you put on your face to fool uh, certain toys. Mm-hmm that to make them think that you're actually an animatronic i think balloon boy limits the way that you can like i think you have to put on a mask when he comes which means that you can't see do certain stuff mm-hmm. yeah uh and there's also a the vents which is where the toy toy chica and toy bonnie crawl through to try to kill you uh toy chica for some reason doesn't have a beak which is very creepy yeah. she's just a head uh she looks like a caterpillar and, a little bit yeah and then there's also one room, the party room, which has a music box, which you have to go to that camera and wind up the music box or else the puppet, the puppet will come and kill yeah, you. It's very and much, puppet, again, a to-do list. <laughs> it's very much a to-do list, very much fidgety and routine-based. Uh, the puppet is a kind of round white face with uh, red cheeks and uh, two streaks of tears coming down his face and has like stripey like arms and socks. Like a mime. Uh, you also have... When you die or between nights, mini games that look like the Atari 2800. And these, this is the new mechanic instead of the phone guy. There is also a phone guy. All coming back uh, to me now. That tells the meta story of the game. Uh, So you have um, uh, mini games like uh, 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 Give Gifts, Give Life, life, Cake. Where the the puppet goes around and gives gifts to all of these four seemingly dead children and then they all get masks that look like the four animatronics uh you also run around and like get cake and they're all just very odd but they tell the story of uh the original four suits uh the original regular gang which are do become withered like that is who because we're in the future now well oh strike um, that forget i said anything so the stands the original four suits 
uh, is the child disappearance incident that we read about in the first game. And the four suits were stuffed with the bodies of four dead children and possessed by the souls of said children because the puppet basically who uh, the puppet is another dead child, the first ever murdered child who was killed by a guy who in the game is purple. And so he's called purple guy. We do call him purple guy. So he killed a kid. Kid goes into puppet. Purple guy kills four more kids, stuffs them in suits. Puppet goes to those suits Uses gives, ghost magic. Uses ghost magic, puts the kids back into the, the souls of the, back into the suits. The phone guy also returns and he tells you about the mechanics. And also at the, at the fifth night, he's like, why, why are you still there? We just got shut down. Somebody took a suit, a gold one, and did some bad stuff. You shouldn't be there. You were told that your shift had ended and you didn't need to come back. So what's this, what this tells us is that, one, the phone guy is still alive. So that means that we can't be in Five Nights 1 because he dies at the end of it. Okay. So this game is actually But we actually know it's two different phone guys. I mean, we no, know it's, it's the same guy. one. I mean, we know it's the same one. Yeah. We know it's the same one. It's okay. the same voice. It is Scott Cawthon, actually. Oh, cool. Uh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. So we find out that this game is a prequel telling us the story of how the original oh. four animatronics got possessed. Um, and at the end, uh, you find out that the bite of 87 happened then because there's a lot of stuff happening and that's... Because you see the minigame... Oh, no, you don't see that until the next game, the minigame with the kid actually getting bit. You don't see that until... That's Five Nights at Freddy's 4. Oh, my God. (laughs) So we're going to get there. It's Uh, all together in my head. I think... I think that this is the best main game made by Cawthon of this kind of original tetralogy. Uh, and it's the last one I'm going to be really meticulous about. I do recording. remember like I just think it's very lot. good. Yeah. So it's November 2014. <laughs> Where were you? <laughs> four months. Four months later. It's my birthday, probably. March of 2015. Five Nights at Freddy's three releases. <laughs> oh my God, madman. It's set in the far future where some big dum dums found the old Five Nights at Freddy's building and said, "Let's turn this into a haunted That's house." That's this one. I love it, this one. I they love call it this Fazbear one. Frights. In this one, you're the night guard there. And they found old phone guy recordings, so they play those for you because, you know, some nighttime entertainment. And you're hunted by one animatronic because they found this animatronic in the back just chilling. His name is Springtrap, which you may remember we talked about a little bit before. Not the games, me and and Devin. (laughs) Yeah. Because this is the first mentioning of these Springtrap suits in the franchise. Yeah. Yeah. This is a golden bunny suit that looks like Bonnie, but very clearly has a dude inside him, like a human dude. So this is actually a springlock suit, one that can be both an animatronic and a walk-around character. We find out that the dude inside is actually Purple Guy because we have Atari-style minigames again. We find out that he tried to systematically dismantle the old animatronics to keep the children from, like, screwing with him. And at the end, the puppet and the, the, uh, the souls of the dead children actually, like, force him to jump into the springlock suit but the springlock suit if it gets wet the springlocks they fail and like they fail and they crush whatever inside so he ends up getting all crushed because he was in this he gets in the springlock suit this game is considered usually the weakest of the kind of original four mixed with fnaf 4 is also considered the worst i don't personally i don't know how you said that you really like yeah this I, game. I just I, I just like the, the story and aesthetic of it i like yeah the kind of i think that the story is very well executed in this so one. like is he a zombie or is he still alive because also the thing know. is like he's sealed off into a room that you can't go into but he's been there the whole time yeah so it's 
with <laughs> we're not going to talk about the novels much, but there's like oh, some right, novel right, right. stuff that tries to explain that like there's a room where the animatronics can't go into. Uh, it's like a security room, yeah. which is why it doesn't appear on any of the maps of the uh, of the earlier games, mm-hmm. and that that's where the purple guy was hiding, and that he it's not uh, I don't know why he's alive for all those yeah. like twenty years, but I think it's implied that like he and his son, who later yes gets possessed by Ennard, have some kind of like ability to live long. It's all very confusing <laughs> again. It's where we kind of start to lose the plot a little bit. We start to lose the plot. So let's not worry about the plot. Uh, There are some new mechanics. Again, you have one animatronic whose jump scares are, I think, the worst. He just kind of slumps into frame and then you die. There are also phantom animatronics, which like appear when you forget to like the mechanics in this game are you have like vents that you need to vent and air conditioning. Among us. Sus. Very among us. (laughs) It's very sus. So if those fail you start to get hallucinations. So Phantom uh, Balloon Boy and Phantom... Say there's a Balloon Boy in this game. A Phantom one. Um, okay. Uh, uh, who just jump scare you, but don't kill you. Right. But when they jump scare you, they shut down a bunch of your systems. Those systems are also like the vents that you use to stop Springtrap from yeah, coming yeah, and killing yeah, yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it is a very, it's a very stressful game. I think it's well executed. It's just... You know, I, just I just like the design of Springtrap a lot. I think it looks really good. I feel that. And and the overall aesthetic of Fazbear Frights, this like idea of in universe, they know this is scary and they make it into a scary thing is very cool. Mm -hmm. A few months later, Scott teases the final chapter of the saga, LOL, and (laughs) says it's going to come out like later in the year, like November. Then June comes around and he says, actually, it's going to come out in August. And then the next month it releases in July. Okay. So in less than a year, we have all four games of this original tetralogy. In this game, you play as a little boy in his room. Yeah, switching it up. And he's the, trying the 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 completely thing here. switching it up. You move around the room and check your open doors. For some reason, this child has two doors in his bedroom, uh, and you also open a uh, closet and also look at your bed because there are nightmare versions of the animatronics that are trying to kill you. It's pretty clear that these are like all hallucinations. Yeah. Um, they're because of the the meta story that we find out throughout the game through Atari mini Atari style mini games. So in the hallways are Nightmare Freddy and Nightmare uh, Bonnie, I believe, and they try to come into your the, your door. Um, in your closet is Mangle, and they Nightmare are Mangle. scary. These Night, the nightmares are they have like big mouths for bellies and they stuff. Are they are frightening. They are sick. Uh, you also have little toy Freddies uh, that look like uh, wind-up toys that have uh, sharp mouths mm-hmm. that uh, are sit on your bed and you have to like scare them away. Uh, there's also a, a hallway with a stool and there's a plush Golden Freddy on there. Yeah. I don't remember where that comes in, but that's in I that think game. it's like Golden Freddy is with him the whole time. Like when we see later in the mini games, He's called Psychic Friend Fredbear. Yeah, when we see like, later yeah. on that he's the one that like is helping the boy... Yeah, so the meta story of this game, which also happens between nights in Atari 2800-style minigames, you are playing as the same kid, which I think is a really good kind of story design standpoint because it's very obvious at some point. So you're led led by a plush Golden Freddy who speaks to you, but only when you're alone. At the end of these five nights, you, like, realize, oh, there's going to be a party on Saturday at Freddy's. For some reason, the kid is afraid of Freddy. You don't know why. I mean, and then I, you, who wouldn't like who would who be? was afraid of the animatronics at Chuck E. Cheese? Like, yeah, of course. And his brother like keeps f- 
scaring him by wearing this foxy mask. And then they end up at Freddy's and the kid ends up being carried to Golden Freddy, who's now who's being used as an animatronic and his head gets bitten. His frontal lobe gets bitten out, apparently, Which is, is what happens. insane. <laughs> Absolutely insane. People thought this was the bite of 87, but actually... That bothers again, me so much that it's just some other bite. Once again, this is the bite of 83. Oh my God. And this game is also a prequel to FNAF 2. Uh, absolutely insane. So Just make it the bite. The, Just talk about one bite. That's kind of the first arc of FNAF, right? You have the first year where everybody's talking about this game. Everybody's theorizing. Everybody's yeah, playing it. It's all about lore. Notice we didn't really talk about the mechanics of the fourth one because, like, people weren't, like, kind of rooting on these games to come out for the, the mechanics. People wanted to know what the real story was. And to be fair, the guy only developed them for three months. He didn't come up with any new mechanics. Yeah. They're all the same. Um, so the initial novelty of the game design was starting to wear off. A lot of YouTubers kind of stopped playing, but the series kept going. And a lot of like game theory was still totally in it. And Scott released a game that is no longer available. It's an open world RPG. Right. FNAF World. I forgot about this one. I think that this game deserves more credit. It's a huge game. It's well designed. It's silly. It's fun. But it's not a horror game, also, so we have to skip but, it. Oh, because I, I do want to mention that a huge, 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 huge part of the fan base of Five Nights at Freddy's is literal children. It is children. Kids like we'll these games. We'll talk about that. Um, which is, I think, one of the appeal. All of the kids that I teach love these games, which I think is a big part of the appeal of that game specifically. The yes, yeah, just wanted to mention. And that. it's also there's so much lore in the game. Like at the end, it's revealed that whoever created the animatronics kills himself. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot in there. Yeah, we don't have time for. <laughs> so around the same time, the books we talked about were released. They told a parallel story that wasn't canon to the games, but kind of put together, they formed a kind of really interesting kind of super narrative. They were bad books, um, but Scott didn't were, write them though, right? Like he wrote the general story, he, but somebody else wrote them. I think they were co-written. Okay, I think he partially wrote them. Uh, but after this, Scott released another trilogy. Really, kind of FNAF World probably represents like the first part of this. Because when the books were released, which was kind of in the time of FNAF 3 and 4, people thought that they were going to remain separate. And then as the time went on and FNAF World released, it became clear that they were starting to come together. Uh, so this three, this set of three games are kind of demonstrably better than the first three or first four. So They also had a probably a much, 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 much bigger budget for these. For sure. And more time and probably had the like story team actually thought out. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So... 2016, a game called Sister Location releases, which is one of my favorites. It has fun time animatronics, which are very good designs. They are like white with pink cheeks. They're cute. Uh, there's a there's a fun time Freddy, fun time Foxy, who is very clearly Mangle, right but before Mangle right. was Mangle, and Ballora, who's like a tall ballerina. She's so cool and so cool. Uh, and Baby, who is a White animatronic She's like a clown. with red cheeks and like red hair. Yeah, Circus Baby is her full name, her Christian name, <laughs> who <laughs> was originally meant to star in a restaurant that was called Circus Baby's Pizza World. Boom. Circus Pizza. It came back. Uh, it's a very creepy story. It's one of the funniest. Uh, this is the is... Exotic Butters one, yes? 
it is exotic butters. Okay. You play as a guy who like goes into this underground yeah, facility. Because you don't play in the pizza restaurant, you play worker. in this facility that yeah, rents under- out these animatronics to other pizza restaurants. Yeah, but why is it underground? I don't know why it's Nobody underground. Nobody knows. You crawl. You have to crawl through vents to do your job. You also have to like crawl through a room. But if you make too much noise, Ballora kills you. Okay. Uh, you also have to like uh, do maintenance on one of the animatronics, which is the creepiest and smartest thing ever, because you have to like press buttons and then the like head springs open in the jump scare and mm-hmm. it's freaky. Uh, there are just so many little games and each night is very different. Uh, but there's also very funny stuff in this. Every night you go home and you have a scene of you eating popcorn while watching uh, a TV show about a vampire and his girlfriend. Uh, and whether the baby is the vampire's, and every time he goes, I'm telling you, the baby isn't mine. And then the girl goes, oh, yeah, why is he hanging from the ceiling? And it, like, pans up, and it's very cute. Uh, you have a little hand unit that every night is like, hey, Oh, you have the little helper thing. Yeah, I'm here to help you. Please, please uh, type in what what you want as a gift at the end of this week. You've done such great work, and you try to type, and it doesn't work, and it goes... I saw what you were typing. Let me finish it for you. Thank you for selecting exotic butters. Because well, it's like a bucket the the full game, of cash or like a couple of other like yeah. good things. And what's the, the name end of the it game, gives you? Because you try and type in your name. Eggs Benedict. Eggs, it does call you Eggs Benedict. You also try to select a new voice and it makes it go to angsty teen. <laughs> and so an angsty teenager talks to you the whole night. Uh, in the in the untrue ending, the bad ending, when you go home that night, there's a there's a bucket of exotic butters. Uh, on your, oh, on that's your a desk, bad ending. That's disappointing. But that's not the canon ending, uh, because the canon ending ends up with you in a basically uh, homage to FNAF One, where you are checking cameras to see where one animatronic, whose name is Ennard, uh, chasing you around this this place. And uh, the story of the game is that Baby killed the creator of the animatronics daughter mm-hmm. uh by eating her like scooping uh, like her, they call her it, right? stomach right her stomach opens up and a big scooper comes out and it takes her in that that daughter uh uh possesses baby and so that baby tries to help you uh, as you go through the facility to escape the evil animatronics who are trying to kill you including ennard who ennard is like an amalgamation yeah uh because in the books they rep- they they start to talk about this thing called remnant which is this like essence of human life that you can like store in an animatronic it's silly but ennard basically takes that life force and puts it into himself okay. so by the end of the game you have ennard who is made up of uh ballora funtime fox whatever souls were in these bodies ballora funtime foxy and baby and ennard uses baby's voice to try to like convince you to come to this room because at the end ennard scoops you and you get scooped out and he goes inside of you yeah, and leaves. Because then you like see and, yourself like, in the mirror. The facility. And, you're... and you have purple eyes yeah. just like Ennard does. So it's super weird. Ennard is also a very interestingly designed character. He's entirely endoskeleton except for his face, which is like a mime face mm-hmm. and a very tiny party hat. <laughs> uh, now, our favorite uh, game. I love this game. When I tell you that this game is called Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria Simulator. It is a pizzeria simulator. It is a literal sim slash tycoon game. I love tycoon where games. You, you own a Freddy's pizzeria and you like bring in kids and like build this restaurant and you can play through this game just as a simulator. Yeah. You play through a week of time where there are like uh, promo videos that are 
written like 50s propaganda yeah, can, videos oh yeah like the um where the instruction videos for when you purchase your, yeah. your franchise and they're like oh the the story of the game is like oh remember the big thing the big parties on saturday you want them all in the same place and you don't really know what that means so you spend the week filling your pizzeria with fun games and animatronics the different games and animatronics can have a certain liability uh which can lead to like death injury you can get sued and then you get you get sued and then that means that you lose the game every night you're stuck in front of this this uh computer where you have to order new supplies uh so that's where like scare stuff comes in because also every night <laughs> somebody in the back of the store finds an animatronic who's just sitting outside the restaurant and so you have to test it to see if it still works and choose to throw it back onto the street or salvage it. Incredibly creepy. It is yeah, literally like is a single yellow light blinking above you with like Scrap Baby who's now, who got kicked out of Ennard and is now made of Scrap. Molten Freddy who's super creepy. This game adds so many animatronics, including my favorite two gangs, which is Mr. Trash and the gang, who's just pieces of trash, and the Mediocre Melodies, <laughs> who are very clearly just low rent versions of the regular animatronics. Uh, so if you salvage these, which you're supposed to, they try to attack you at night when you're trying to order supplies. So it's this kind of, again, these like real game versus meta game versus real game versus fake game. And then at the end of the week, if everything has gone right, if you do everything right, you salvage all of the animatronics, you don't die, you don't get sued, you make it to the end of the week, it's revealed that you are actually, most likely, Purple Guy's son, which is so stupid. Yeah. Trying to lure all of the old animatronics back. So you can burn the place down. So, right. So that purple guy will also come because he wants to get rid of the animatronics. And then you burn the whole place to the ground. Taking yourself with freeing, it. Right. Freeing all of the animatronic souls and also damning purple guy to hell for all eternity. Play this game. It's, it's so, so good. good. The ending animatronic is literally an image of Freddy or purple guy like burning alive. And it goes, but for one of you. <laughs> The lowest level of hell has opened up, so don't keep the devil waiting, <laughs> old friend. And it's like what? this is a this is a. It's very simulator. hard to get the that ending though. Like, is there eight yeah, different endings? Yeah, you have endings to salvage everything. Yeah, uh, and a lot of the games have that where they have like good endings, bad endings, fake endings, real endings. Uh, and then the final game in the Scott Cawthon part of the franchise is called Ultimate Custom Night, where you play as Purple Guy stuck in hell. And you're haunted by every animatronic that has ever existed, including all the silly ones that they added to Pizzeria Simulator. And that is the ending of like Five Nights at Freddy's is that this guy killed a bunch of kids. Those kids stuck around, including his own son. And eventually, after years and years and years, you eventually free those souls and damn that guy to hell. And isn't the whole thing with the first two games, since you're playing as some random security guard, that it's like... They're after you because they think you're purple guy because he was a yeah. security well, guard. Is that it's also something? possible? Yeah. So the reason that the missing the missing kids incident happened was because a security guard used one of the springlock suits to lure children, mm -hmm. uh, which is also paralleled in the one where the children kill or springlock purple guy because he's literally luring yeah. all of the animatronics back into this back room the same way he did when he killed them. So. Also, looking back, what people think is maybe you're playing as his kid the whole time. Okay. His name is Mike because they would they think that you're purple guy because you look like him because you're his son. Got it. 
Um, but there's a lot. Again, there are there's a playlist that sometimes I put in the background of all of Game Theory's videos. There are like 40 of them. It's insane. It's a lot. It's a lot uh, and a lot of them disagree. But there are. We're going to talk a little bit about the future of the franchise after this. But I want to play a little oh game. So Adam, yeah. don't look at the the, the screen at all. This see. is a game in which I will tell you a name of an animatronic, and you will tell me if it's a real okay. animatronic or one I made up. Okay. I I, I think I think you're going to be pretty good at this, but I think you will too. Okay. I'm ready. JJ. Um, JJ, I feel like could be one of the, can, do I get anything else or I just get their name? No, it's just their yes. name. Um, I feel like JJ is one of the balloon children of various genders. Um, okay. And so, uh, I mean, that's a weird, cause none of these people, I mean, I guess Freddie is like a normal name. I'm going to say JJ is real. JJ is a balloon person. JJ is real. There are three, I think three balloon people. Yeah. Balloon boy who's known as BB, DD who's a girl, oh. and JJ. Okay, so JJ is the gender neutral one. DD's the yes. lady one. <laughs> BB's the boy. <laughs> In the eventual RPG where we get to play as an animatronic, the gender options will be DD, BB, JJ. JJ. Okay, got it. Uh, hollowed Fredbear. Hollowed Fredbear. Now, we're not calling it's not Hollowed Freddy, it's Hollowed Fredbear. Right. So like Fred Bear is the gold, like you call Golden Freddy would be called, is his real name is Fred Bear. Is this hollowed with an O or hallowed with an A? Hallowed okay. in our accent. Then I think it is, I think he's also real. I think there's also a hallowed Fred Bear. Hallowed Fred Bear I made Damn up. It. I really like the idea of like a holy Fred I Bear. Know, I was like an that angel. maybe like the nightmare ones or something or like the, yeah. I, I don't he's know. Like an, he's like an archangel Fred Bear. <laughs> I was thinking uh, maybe. Nightmareone. Nightmareone? Yeah. No, he made that up. That's not real. That's nah, Nightmareone's real what? and the sickest name ever because the puppet is actually known as Marionette. So the nightmare version of the puppet is known as Nightmareone, which is an incredible name. Uh, Nate, I didn't even realize there was a nightmare version of the puppet. Like, I thought. Yeah, let me look up Nightmareone. Nightmareone. I'm going to look it up too. So. Nice. Yeah, it's the puppet, but there's no color on him, and he has spiky teeth. Oh, yes, 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 I've seen this boy. I yeah. recognize this boy. I like this boy. If you're ever bored, which is what I do sometimes, uh, they you can just go to the list of animatronics and look at all these silly boys. He's very scary. I like him. Uh, my next one is Mr. Wright. Now, I know all of, like, number one crate and friends oh, have... I love number one crate. I in, feel like in Scary Game Squad, there's a moment where they sell Mr. Crate, and it's very sad. And one of them goes, "It was Crate serving you." <laughs> and Ezra and I have been saying that to each other for the past few days because we 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 rewatched that video. I think there's a there's a Mr. Hugs who I think is the mop with the arms on it, I, <laughs> something like that. The Mr. Trash and the gang are literal pieces of garbage. So are, are we not counting them in this list of animatronics? There might be some of them. Okay. I think, but is Mr. Wright real? I think Mr. Wright is part of number one Creighton and friends. Uh, no, Mr. Yeah. Wright is my name. <laughs> I was hoping that it was like a sign, like a, a turn right sign with a googly yeah. eyes on it. Uh, Mini Rena. No, those are. I know Mini Renas are real because they're Ballora's little bitches, and they, they're little. They follow yeah, you, around. you get one of the Knights of Sister location. You get stuck in a springlock suit, and the Mini Renas try to climb up so that they can springlock you Scary. and kill you. Uh, Mr. Hugs. Yay, Mr. Hugs! I yeah. know Mr. Hugs is real. Uh, Chaz Cheetah. Oh, I want Chaz Cheetah to be real really bad, because that's very good, but I do not think there is a Chaz Cheetah. Yeah, it's very it's very sadly not that's real. A good name. Uh, Lolbit. Lolbit. That sounds like... Lo see, Lolbit sounds like 
the <laughs> the usernames that my students give themselves on like the Gaia forums that they go on. But like, mm. so which makes knowing them, which makes me think this is real. Lolbit is something in the game. It is. It's a, I don't, it looks like Funtime Foxy, Lolbit. but with yellow markings and purple markings. I'm not sure what the lore Oh, of I Lolbit see. Okay. Uh, it's just, and it just, I like the Lolbit color scheme not a lot. A, real animatronic it just appears as a disembodied head over a sign that says please stand by which i really like <laughs> i do like that too uh, uh i only had to get like two columns down before i got to freaky stuff no man uh net the next one is ned bear oh yeah i know ned bear ned bear is real because that's the one that's he's the he's the one that like the 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 one that's all like black with the red bow tie and like the dinky eye right is that ned bear that's not Ned Bear. Oh, but I do remember. Ned Bear is the no, knockoff knock- Freddy. <laughs> I, and he's part of the mediocre melodies. Every so often that line that Markiplier does. Go, oh, no, that's Lefty. Um, Mar- that, that line from Markiplier goes through my mind when he's buying that. And he goes, I'm a buy Ned Bear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fun time Fozzie. Fun time Fozzie. Oh, why would you do this to Fozzie the Bear? To oh, Mr. I the Bear. I didn't realize that. I, there has to have been like a Muppets FNAF remake. And if you oh. haven't, if there is none, somebody do Somebody it. make that fan game. Um, no, I don't think Funtime Fozzie is real. Uh, no, he's not real. Uh, the Grangle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like the Grangle a lot. I really want the Grangle to be real, but I don't think they are. No, of course he's oh, not. Uh, next I said... Uh, lefty who you already said mm-hmm. that was why i put mr right in there because i was like see left then right maybe I'll, uh, yeah lefty is my favorite animatronic of all time lefty is the one where you buy it and it's like do not buy this animatronic do not buy this animatronic uh he's uh <laughs> he is a black freddy with red cheeks and a pu- and a and a star on his chest and a microphone and he's i'm pretty sure he's like designed to trap the do you have to buy Puppet? Lefty to beat the game correctly? I I I believe so. Oh, I Google Lefty and the first thing that comes up was Lefty slash Lolbit. <laughs> uh, let me look up real fast. Because uh, I'm also thinking about the the uh, the palette swapped Freddy that's golden. Uh, black. That is not Freddy, golden Freddy. Golden. What is his name? Shad- is his name Shadow Freddy? No. Shadow Freddy is a different... Oh, we forgot about Shadow Freddy and Shadow Yeah, Bonnie I remember Shadow those. those I think when suit. you said, the one that you said before, Hollowed Freddy, I was thinking, oh, maybe maybe mm, that's yes. what the Shadow ones are called. Uh, I'm Nightmare Fredbear. Fredbear. Fredbear's just Golden Freddy. Yeah. Uh, golden... Oh, no, never mind. They're different things. Oh, okay. Fredbear is the plush with the purple hat. Great. Uh, Shows what I know. Is the... This is not all of the animatronics. You lied to me. Uh, FNAF, <laughs> Five Nights at Freddy's dot fandom dot wiki dot com. Okay, anyway, next one. Okay. Chase the dog. Case the dog? Chase the oh, dog. Chase the dog. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's a cute name for a do- What kind of dog is Chase the dog? Can you answer that? He's a German Shepherd. Okay, I don't think he's real then. <laughs> yeah, he's from Paw Patrol. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I should have known Rockstar Chica. Rockstar Chica? There's yeah. definitely Rockstar ones, but I don't know how they're different from like the fun time or the toy ones. But I think Rockstar Chica's real. Uh yes, she is. Where are they I don't from? Where, uh she was employed at Freddy Fazbear's Pizza Place. She was employed. Uh Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria Simulator. She was on I payroll. Also, yeah. They were also uh like uh the the rock stars are supposed to come back and Okay, because those are the ones that you can buy. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Yeah. Uh and okay. 
Uh, El Chip. Oh, I think El Chip is the ones that have the sombrero. <laughs> the sombrero, right? In the t- yep, t- it's uh, it's Freddy Fazbear, but with a sombrero and maracas. Oh, uh, uh, and finally, Pig Patch. Oh, Pig Patch. I know there's a pig one. I mm-hmm. thought his name was Pig Pen, but maybe I'm thinking of the Charlie Browns. Um, mm. there. Okay, yes, Pig Patch is real. Is his name Pig Patch? His name is Pig Patch. He's from the Mediocre Melodies. Right. We love him. It's like Mr. Hippo, Orville, Pig Patch, Ned Bear, and there's one more, right? Or is that all of them? Uh, wait. Let me pull. Orville's them up. the elephant. Mr. Hippo is, is obviously Mr. Hippo. <laughs> it would have been weird if he wasn't. Uh, yeah, Mr. Hippo. Oh, there's a frog. Oh, there's a frog. Uh, the Mediocre Melodies are made of Orville, elephant. Uh, Happy Frog, Ned Bear, Mr. Hippo, and Pig Patch. Happy Frog. Uh, also, Peter Baker voices Orville Elephant, which is hilarious. Wow. <laughs> uh, and I love that. Not the New York Times uh, guy. No. That would be the great, voice actor. <laughs> Um So that's the end of the game, but we're going to talk a little bit about the kind of future. We, we went a little long, but, it's okay. you know. Uh, so... Scott has stopped making the video games himself. Uh, it's actually been passed off to Steel Wool Studios, um, who has made the AR game that's on the phone. I haven't played that. They also made what I think is actually the best Fred Freddy's game, which is Five Nights at Freddy's VR Help Wanted, which is a VR reimagining of the entire series oh, you play along all with the like games. some new stuff. Yeah, you play through all the games. Some of them are like retooled to not quite be the originals. That's cool. Uh, it is so well designed. It's so well polished. It's like, it's so good. It introduces a new uh, meta story where you are playing as actually a beta tester of this video game. Uh, oh. And you discover tapes from a previous beta tester who tells you that there's a malicious piece of code who we call the, the it's like glitch trap or maybe the like... <laughs> Uh, it's like night hair or something. Interesting. Um, who wants to get out of the... Uh, oh, hi, Ezra. It's Glitch Trap. I know there's another name for it that I think is technically more canon. Anyway, uh, so uh, you play as a beta tester who finds these tapes from the other beta tester that tells you that Glitch Trap is trying to escape the game. But what you realize is that at the end, you find the first tape. You've been finding them out of order. And she tells you that she was trying to trap glitch trap in the tapes and scattered them so you're not supposed to get all the tapes together or else he'll escape but because you are finding the tapes out of order you don't know that until you find the last tape and so it's incredibly terrifying the good the like canon ending is that glitch trap switches places with you and traps you in the video game and he leaves fascinating um yeah it's a really really good game uh and I only got through night one of the first game because I am a little baby. <laughs> the next game is set to release, uh, I think, next month. Um, it's called Security Breach, and it's set in a mall, and it looks very good. Uh, I probably won't play it, but I will watch somebody play it. <laughs> um, so, Adam, what are, you, what are your thoughts about Five Nights Still at Freddy's? Still going strong. I mean, like, I appreciate what it's, it, it, like, I think it gets a reputation now of being, like, mm. perhaps hashtag cringy because it has such a young fan base. Um, and it yeah. is, it's a tad violent to have as young of a fan base as it does, but. Yeah, we didn't talk about the kind of, like, merchandising and stuff, which is huge. very lucrative and, and everywhere, and that is kind of the vector through which the game got introduced to children other than, like, YouTube. Yeah. And it is very weird that this horror franchise is primarily marketed to children. 
uh, that is like yeah. And I don't think it started of off that way, thing. but no, not at all. Um, it it like has been kind of adopted by kids, which is like fine. And I think it's cool to have like I think it's a good intro to kids for horror, even if it's a little little violent. Yeah, for I that. think as time goes on, it also it they are becoming better mm-hmm. about about that. That like they know it's kind of for children. Uh, so they have been like making them uh, making the brand a bit more child friendly. Yeah. Um, um, which is cool, which is, I think like exciting. And like, I'm glad that the, the game, since it's got handed off from Scott is still good. Like they didn't just totally. Right. They actually made the game better in almost every single way. Um, like the joke about it is that now it's a real game, which is a little bit detrimental to the originals, but it is like a fully realized product now, which I think is really cool. Yeah. It's exciting. I think it's a good intro to horror games for people. Yeah. I think I, uh, I think I just hallucinated this palette swapped Freddy animatronic that I thought existed. <laughs> I mean, like Nightmare exists, who is a black version of Freddy with a golden hat, like basically a palette swapped golden Freddy. But I thought that there was just a regular version of him. But no, he's all teeth and his belly's teeth and he's very scary. <laughs> uh, but anyway, thank you for listening to the second episode of Devin's special video game corner. <laughs> Uh, if you enjoyed, please subscribe and leave a rating on iTunes. It means a lot. Uh, or follow us on Spotify and look at our Patreon, patreon.com slash greatscreampod uh, for cool rewards, early access to episodes, and much more in the future. Adam, can you pimp our social medias? Uh, yeah, you can check us out on Facebook at The Great American Scream or much more frequently on Instagram and Twitter at greatscreampod. Um, let us know your thoughts about the games. Uh, are you an avid fan and you play the next one? Uh, your favorite animatronics? Uh, you can tweet at us or post using the hashtag TGAS. And as always, if there is something that you would like to hear about on the show, um, tweet at us or you can email us at greatscreenpod at gmail.com because your suggestion may become the topic for a future episode. I forgot to talk about Egg Baby Data Archive. Oh, God. Who's a very big egg <laughs> guy big... with a smaller egg inside yes, him is. and is also a computer. Yes, he is. I just needed to mention that. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so <laughs> special thank you goes out to Michael Segudo who did the intro uh, disclaimer as well as Stevie Viola who does all the music for the show. You can find him on YouTube and Twitter. Other than that, we would like to thank our current patrons uh, who are so lovely to financially support the show. You can do that too. Again, patreon.com slash greatstreampod. Thank you to Chris, Melinda, Brucker, Joyce, <laughs> Gail, Casper, Eric, and Ben. We went backwards today. Yeah. Uh, I've been Devin Wright. I have Adam O'Connell. And hopefully you have been spooked. And hopefully you're not inside a Springlock suit right now. If you are, get out. <laughs> Especially if there's water weirdly dripping from the ceiling. I have bad news for you. <laughs> Just do it safely. There's no way to do it safely. <laughs> <laughs>